Real Men Feel with Andy Grant encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been told, all emotions do serve you. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now let's get to it. Greetings and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. I am an author, coach, and healer. You can learn more about me at theandygrant.com. And thank you for joining us today. You know, consistently, one of the most common reasons that guys reach out to me is due to their relationships. Either they wish they had one, or they wish they could end one, <laughs> they wish they had a better one, or they wish they had none at all. And guys who are dating or want to be dating, they have challenges with, with confidence, with communication. Often guys will tell me that they think they have to be a mind readers. They just, they just can't figure out what women want. Luckily for us, my guest today is someone who can address some of those issues. I'm happy to welcome the host of the Unapologetic Man podcast, dating coach and NLP practitioner, Mark Singh to Real Men Feel. Hey, I appreciate you having me today, Andy. Thank you. Um, it's uh, glad to talk to you. You know, I always want to make sure we're all starting on the same page. So I think lots of people have heard NLP, um, but, but maybe don't know what it means or what it stands for. So could you just you know, start at the beginning and, and what exactly is NLP? Yeah, absolutely. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And essentially the premise is, is that we have programs going on inside our head that dictate our behavior. So by the time you are seven years old from one to seven, you're in a mild state of hypnosis. So during that time, your parents' programs, your siblings' programs, relatives, um, babysitters, coaches, anybody like that get installed into your own head. So many times what I find with men is they have programs such as I'm not enough. Um, I shouldn't approach that girl. Sex is wrong. These kinds of belief systems that were given to them really before they could defend themselves. Mm -hmm. They were installed in them and they keep getting the same results over and over again, like hitting print on a printer. And you're wondering why the same results keep coming out. And the reason that is, is because of these programs. So NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, is basically a visualization based modality that walks them through what we call processes. And in these processes, we're able to essentially remove those belief systems. So many times I work with guys who have belief systems, I'm not enough. And in so doing, we take them through certain NLP modalities. It happens really quickly where we completely remove that belief system. So if somebody listening feels like, well, maybe I have that belief, I'm not enough. I would encourage you to say it to yourself a couple of times and see if there's actually a feeling inside your body associated with it, such as a tightness in the chest, maybe a queasiness that happens with it. And that confirms that you have that belief system. Well, when we walk you through these visualizations, it really removes it completely and entirely, literally in one session, like 15 minute session. I walk you through a visualization process. I, am, I have you imagine certain things. And in so doing, there's embedded commands. We work on fundamental archetypes of the human mind and language is a big part of this. So there's certain cadences that we use and it's, it's magical. It really completely changed my life. And you know that's why I do it with the men that I work with because it completely removed my own bouts with anxiety, panic attacks, agoraphobia. Um, so I decided to become an NLP coach and I do it specifically in the realm of dating. Men who want to become better with women. So you got interested in NLP really for your own self-improvement. Yeah. When I was, I lived in Japan for four years and I was actually a Japanese translator and I was on the stage translating and the lady said a word I didn't know. She said this word meneki, which means immunity. 
So I was like, what the hell? And I've been studying for years, right? I thought I was all ready to go past the test, everything. And I was like, well, what is that word? And I asked her, I said, can you please say that again? And she said it again. And it didn't help. I still didn't know what was happening. So right at that moment, I had the old tunnel closing in. Everything inside me was saying, run. I was about to pass out. I bet I went stark white. And I said to her, can you please get somebody else to come out here and translate for me? Because I don't know what you just said. She said, sure. So I run off the stage. I had a massive panic attack. And that resulted in six months of extreme agoraphobia, uh, panic attacks on a daily basis, couldn't sleep. So I tried a bunch of different modalities. I saw a psychiatrist. And eventually, I found an NLP coach who worked on me, worked with me on the phone. And literally within a couple of sessions, that anxiety was completely removed because it was belief systems. It was traumas actually that I didn't know I had as a child, which were removed, the severity of which were removed. And then I could function again, believed in it so much. I started applying it because I was beginning to be a dating coach. I was out, out there in the field, you know, really trying my stuff started applying it to my clients and it really worked because with women, especially they can read right through you. If you have insecurities, if you have belief systems, they can see it. But not only that, if you have belief system, I shouldn't inconvenience women. Sex is wrong. I'm not enough. You're not going to go approach her. You're not going to feel uh, worthy enough to go approach her. So combined NLP with the tactical aspects of approaching and attracting women has been really successful for my clients. You know, I, when I first heard of NLP, it was presented to me, and this was at least like 12 years ago, it was presented me more of like a sales technique. And so I always had, in my mind, it's always been framed as like, uh, like trickery and deception and yeah. giving you to buy stuff you don't want is, and yeah. are, do some people use it that way that I just yeah. hear about it from a, oh, so th- that is actually what's out there then. Huh. Yeah. Cause there's, there's also a, um, <clears throat> there's a side uh, business of pickup artists. We're called PUAs, pickup artists, who use NLP, I want to say kind of against women to manipulate them, to get them attracted to them. That's not what I do at all. What I do is I use it on the client myself, right? And, and the people I'm working with to basically reprogram their brains to think more clearly. But yeah, there's, there's things like embedded commands, a real simple one. And if you guys want to be scandalous in this way and use it, if you, if you tell a woman, don't fall in love with me now, what the subconscious mind hears is fall in love with me now because mm-hmm. you don't hear don't before a sentence. So it's used a lot in those kinds of ways. I personally don't um, support that kind of use of it because in my coaching, it's not about manipulating women. It's about becoming the best version of yourself, the most masculine unapologetic, just like my podcast, the unapologetic man podcast version of yourself, which is highly attractive to women. And we do that with NLP to basically reprogram the belief systems, give you the belief systems of not only a natural with men, but the belief systems of how you were born. You were born with perfect self-esteem. It wasn't until life's calamities and travails came and messed you up. Did you get these programs and these limiting belief systems? Because you were born completely open and free and loving and genuine, just like as genuine as you are, Andy, you know, and that's how you were born. And it takes work to get ourselves back to that. Cool. Cool. So I'm glad to hear that and learn that for myself. So NLP is a powerful tool that can be used for, for good or evil to put it in extremes. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I've never, I've never put it like that, but I like that. I'm I'm stealing it. I'm stealing it. (laughs) All right, cool. You run with that. Yeah. (laughs) So, so what got you to, to, to choose um, the dating realm as where you would, would focus NLP on? Well, you know, my own situation is I fell deeply in love with my first girlfriend, as many of us do. And um, I was 
going to see her one day at her dorm room and I heard her having sex with another guy. So that was a very motivational element for me to figure out what the heck I did wrong. Cause I was the typical nice guy. And I want to put nice guy in quotes because being a nice guy doesn't mean you supplicate, but I was the kind of nice guy that did supplicate basically handed her my balls in a nice little knapsack and said, please make love to me. Please love me. My tears will be lubricant for sex. And what did she do? She went and cheated on me. So I was like, what the heck did I do wrong? You know, I was, I was, an absolute best boyfriend possible to this girl. I treated her like gold. You know, I did everything for her. And that was, that was the reason is I gave her my power. Now you can, you can treat a woman like gold, but still maintain your masculine frame, which is highly what my coaching is based on. But the way I did it was supplicatory. It was beta as we call it. And in so doing, she cheated on me. So I was like, man, I need to figure this out. So this was back in about 2000. I got really into, you know, the pickup artist realm. I don't know, maybe you're, some of your listeners have heard of it. Mystery method, real social dynamics, double your dating. Really started doing that, got some progress with it, started teaching men. But then when I had my own bout with anxiety, that was when I was 28 and I found NLP. I was like, oh my God, if I combine these two things, it's like magic for these guys. I have a program and in the program, it's, it's a two-prong approach. We do the tactical aspects as well as the NLP aspects, cleaning up the brain while teaching them the fundamental you know, principles of how to get attraction, what to talk about, how to qualify or how to get the number, what to text, how to get the first date, all that stuff. In addition to the NLP, and we found that to be really, really effective. So it, it just works great because inner game is everything with women. I mean, you know that women are attracted to you in your masculine self-esteem based state. If you have BS going on in your head, you're insecure, you're not sure about your sexuality. You're apologetic about who you are. Women pick up on that. I'm talking immediately within three seconds of meeting you. And then they blow you out, as I say on my podcast. Cool. So it isn't that NLP necessarily helps your dating. It, it cleans up your own thoughts. And then you also teach techniques for better dating. Exactly. That's exactly right. So it's inner game because that's what I learned in, you know, when you first get into being a pickup artist, you want to get girls. And, and that's, a, that's an okay desire. But what you really realize is that this is self-improvement, becoming the best man you can be, becoming, you know, that version of yourself you were born as. And a lot of guys feel like they have one foot on the gas, one foot on the brake. I want to get better with girls. I want to meet the woman in my dreams, but I just can't approach them. I just can't do this. Why? Because there's meta programs running in your head that are like, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. She's going to find you out. Sexuality is wrong. Don't approach women. Don't approach strength. Don't inconvenience them. Guys have the, I'm telling you, every guy I work with has the old, I'm not enough belief where it's like, well, she's too good for me. She's too hot for me, quote unquote. And what I want to tell you is, dude, you, you are, you are an amazing individual has so much to give her. And when you believe that, when you're internally validated, as I call it, she's going to pick up on it and become attracted to you. There is no such thing as a woman being out of your league. You can literally have any woman you want, but you first have to want yourself. You first have to love yourself, accept yourself, be internally validated, which as we say in the podcast is very masculine. So you've mentioned that I'm not enough often. So is that, is, is that the biggest obstacle most guys have? Mm -hmm. Yeah, usually I'm not enough. Um, a lot of religious based sexuality beliefs, uh, sex is wrong. Sex is dirty, right? There's lots of things like don't inconvenience people. 
what if she rejects me in front of other people? Fear of rejection is massive, Andy. Absolutely massive. So it's usually not fearing what she thinks. It's fearing what the tribe thinks. And if you think about it from an anthropological perspective, we're from tribal communities. So if you approach the alpha female and you get rejected in front of the tribe, the tribe's going to shun you. And what if that's the girlfriend of the alpha male who's going to hit you over the head with a rock? So there's real reason why you have fear. But we realize in today's society that fear is completely irrational. You can go up to a woman and get rejected and walk away and you're like, oh, I'm completely fine. I didn't get bashed over the head with a rock. And then you get a superpower, which is you can approach any woman anytime without even giving her rejection any power over you whatsoever because you're internally validated. I want you to be proud of yourself for having the courage to go open that girl doesn't matter what happens with her. You're internally validated. You say, good job, brother. You open her despite being fearful of that. And what is courage? It's acting in the face of fear, right? It's not fearlessness. It's acting in the face of fear. And then we build ourselves up even more in confidence. So I get rejected, but I celebrate it because I'm like, you opened her brother. Good job. Big pat on the back. And that's how I've programmed myself through NLP to think of it. So that's the reprogramming aspect of I'm not enough. And it is so important. And, and I've met a number of guys that, that went through the PUA programs and discovered there was more. And that was their first personal growth. So it is, it's like, yeah. it's almost like a gateway drug to wanting more for all aspects of yeah. your life, not, not just dating. So that they're, yeah. to be extreme, even if it can be used for evil, it, often people <laughs> recognize it and want to come back to the good, come back to the light and use it to uh, better themselves instead of waiting, uh, using it as a way to control others. So that's I used cool. it for evil. I mean, I, I'm, I manipulated women. I did it. I was a scumbag. I was a dirtbag. But just like you said, you know, you find out that not only is it unfulfilling, not only do you attract to yourself bad situations, not only do you feel like crap at the end of the day, but you as a genuine uh, value given man, you realize that it's not congruent with who you are. Because I believe deep inside of who we are, we all know what's right and wrong. How do you know what's right? Right is what love would do. Right ameliorates others, right? Is creating peace on the world in the world. Wrong is creating suffering for others, right? Doing, doing wrong to others. So I think we know deep inside of our hearts, the, the difference between right and wrong. And some of us have to go through that, manipulate women, treat them like an object, be a dirt bag as I was. And then you rise above that and you're saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I don't want to go take something from her. I want to give something to her. And I call it in my coaching, Andy, being a go giver, go give her good energy, go give her good conversation, give her something first before you try to take something from her. And in doing that, you meet more higher quality women. You feel better about yourself. You, you meet a woman who you can spend the rest of your life with. And yeah, you know, I'm a dating coach. I still approach women. I still talk to them, but I live with the love of my life. We have a, a baby daughter together and it's because I develop myself as a man developed that ability, fixed my BS in my head that I was able to attract a high quality woman like that. And so when guys get into this, like, Ooh, I'm going to learn all the NLP tricks to manipulate women. You quickly find out how unbelievably unfulfilling that is quickly. Yeah. So even in that time that you now say that you were a dirtbag, were you conscious of it then? Or did, did, were you, did it take a while to like, wow, I'm not satisfied by this. Like how immediate was that feedback? Yeah, I think like with a lot of guys, we're so overcome by our desires and the dopamine hits of like pulling girls like I like, bro, I had the hottest girl in my bed last night. You know, you call your friend. We're kind of in an immature state of just being addicted to that. And I was I was addicted to the power because of my first girlfriend cheating on me. Right. I wanted to take revenge on women. 
And I realized that and I reprogrammed it in my brain. Well, wait, that's not healthy. It took me a while because I'm a slow learner. And that's why it took me 15 years to get to the point I am now. But, you know, certainly it's so much more fulfilling. And like you teach, you know, real men feel, real men have a connection to compassion, to their emotions, to empathy. And once I connected to that, not only was I able to attract the high quality woman I'm with today, but also felt better about myself. Because I'll tell you during that time, and you know this too, I'm sure you had a phase like that. It's unfulfilling in the most extreme. It's like doing drugs. You know, it's wrong. You know, it's not the answer, but you're stuck in it and you're addicted to that that high. You're addicted to that dopamine hit. So, you know, guys who are listening, who are like, Ooh, I want to get the power over women. It's not like that. It's becoming the best version of you. So women, you become a nuclear powered girl magnet, as I call it. And then from quantity, you get quality, which means lots of women come into your life. You're meeting them. You're treating them all like you're treating them all respect, but from that quantity comes the quality and you pick the best one for you. Are, are there basic, you've, I think you've touched on some, but are there like basic rules of attraction or is attraction really down to each individual? Oh, so yeah, there's definitely rules of attraction. So as you know, us men, were very visual. So when you look at a woman, you're immediately attracted to her based on her looks. Now, certainly her personality, her character, her spirit is really important. But the reason, anthropologically speaking, we're attracted to a woman's appearance is because her appearance is signs of health, which basically mean, this is really interesting, how healthy of a baby she can have. It's all based on that, right? So you look at a woman, good breast to hip ratio, healthy hair, glowing skin, clean teeth, clean eyes, vibrant look about her as well as being proportional. We're attracted to that because she can have a healthy baby. And that's, that's what we're all wired for is, is having the healthy baby. Now, in the same respect, the woman's attraction to us is based on how effective we can be to take care of her and that baby. How many qualities do we have to succeed in life, to be the leader of men, to be decisive, to be confident, to be successful? So that's why all those things, and your listeners know that confidence is highly attractive to women, but the reason it is, is because a confident man is a man who is going to be able to succeed in society. A man who can succeed in society can take care of her, can take care of her baby, and that's what she's anthropologically programmed to be attracted to. So Attraction is the same no matter what, what country you're in. I lived in Japan and talk about a country that's as far opposite of the United States. It's Japan without going to third world, a first world country that's the most opposite. Attraction is exactly the same. It's exactly the same in Germany, Canada, Australia. I don't care where you are. Women are all attracted to the same thing. Confidence, decisiveness, ambition, being compassionate without supplicating to her and being highly in your masculine energy. When you have that, women are anthropologically designed to get attracted to that. And it's consistent across all, all women. A common complaint I hear about guys who are dating is that you know, women, all they want is the money. They just want someone that's rich and then they don't make enough to, to take them out and they, I can't find anybody. So is, is, there, is there truth in that? Is that all a programming story? You know, how do you see that? Mm-hmm. Well, money is a quality, right? And it shows success. So we can say with, with some certainty that money is a quality, just like holding yourself confidently, just like talking in a way that doesn't have supplicatory tone to it. Like a supplicatory tone would be like, hey, Andy, can I come on your show today? 
right? It goes up at the end. A confident masculine tone is, what's up, Andy? Could I come on your show today? It goes down at the end. So you can have all the money in the world, but if you have all these other qualities that show beta, right? The tonality, you're unconfident, you're insecure, you're all these things that are unattractive to women, they're definitely not going to get attracted to you. But money, when it's combined with all the other qualities, which by the way, are far more important than money. Money is like an infinitesimally small thing. Like her having a master's degree is so important to us. It's like kind of cool, but it's not everything in any way whatsoever. And that's what money is. It's basically like, okay, he has money that shows some success, but I want to see how confident he is. I want to see what kind of conversationalist he is. Can he make me laugh? Can he make me feel good? Because the most important thing isn't your resume that you hand to women. Here, I went to college. This is how much money I make. This is what my 401k says. They don't care about that. They want to know how you make them feel. Does, do I feel good around him? Do I feel feminine around him? Am I laughing? Am I getting these dopamine hits? The old song says, girls just want to have fun. I would rather be funny and fun over a billionaire any day of the week when it comes to women. In fact, a lot of my clients live in their mom's basement and they still pull just as many girls as I ever did because they have that charisma. They can make girls feel good, lead women to where they want to be led. Money is infinitesimally small, but it is a quality that if you have it, it helps, but it isn't everything at all. Is it important that, that people, men and women that are dating have the same goal? Like or, or if you're just dating for fun and someone is dating for a long-term relationship, does that need to be out, uh, out front and made known or, or not? So oftentimes women, they have what's called their sexual marketplace value. And what that means is as women age, they become naturally less attractive. Well, as we just discussed, her attraction, her attraction signals, as it were, are the most, is the most important thing to men. So with women, they want to know, and you guys will run into this on the dating apps. Women will ask you immediately, what are you looking for? And you're like, whoa, like we just met. Are you trying to marry me on the first date? And the reason she's doing that is to save time because listen, her clock is ticking. She needs to get the, the, the show on the road. So women will oftentimes be more relationship oriented simply because of that time frame. Whereas men, and you guys know this who are listening, you want to play the field a little bit you know, have sex with probably a lot of different women before you choose your queen, which I think is perfectly fine. And then we're a little bit more like, whoa, let's see, let's see where this goes. So they don't necessarily have to be on the same page, but my advice is this. If you're just a playboy who wants to sleep around with women and she asks you that, don't lie to her because she, her biological clock is ticking. Do her the respect of not wasting your time. But which is the case for most of my clients is, they eventually do want a long-term relationship, but they don't necessarily know right at that point if she's the one. So what I always say is tell her this, I'm looking for a long-term relationship. However, relationships that start fast end fast. So I want to take it slow, see if we click, see if we have chemistry. If that's a deal breaker for you, I totally understand. Just let me know. And most girls will say, no, it's not a deal breaker. I understand. Then you can date her. You can kind of see if, if she's the one, you know, g- give it some time. You don't have to marry her on the second date. And then based on that interaction, you can decide whether or not you want to pursue it. But I think in some semblance, it is important that they at least have some, um, you know, uh, parallel ambition for where they want this to go. No. And that, that makes a lot of sense. It's just, it, if it comes up, if you're asked, be honest. 
That's yep. what it comes down to. Yeah. Either way, whatever you're looking for. Cool. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that happens and actually it, uh, it can lead to better results for whatever you're looking for too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Being honest is, you know, even I have tons of podcasts about <laughs> dealing with women and the myriad of different situations, you know, they put us in like women will oftentimes say mean things to you to test you. And it's not because they're mean. It's not because they're bitches, quote unquote, it's because they're testing what we call your frame testing. If you're going to, if you're going to be able to pass her test. And we call it frame control. And I have a lot of episodes on how to pass that. So a woman will say something mean to you like, Andy, why do you have a bald head? Why, why don't you have any hair, right? Now, the beta male will explain himself. Well, I think it looks good. Like, you know, I, I, I think it's, it looks really nice and it's, it's a good style. Most girls like bald heads. Don't you think it's attractive? That's the beta way to do it. The alpha way to do it is to reframe it right? Is to what we call agree and amplify, which is to make a joke of it because making a joke of it shows her that she can't affect you. She can't throw you to and fro and neither can life. And that's what she's testing. Can life push this guy around? So if a woman says to you, Andy, why do you have that bald head? It looks ridiculous. You'd be like, oh man, I absolutely love this bald head. It makes me so much more aerodynamic. It used to take me 15 seconds to get to the mailbox and back. Now I can do it in 10 because I'm so much more aerodynamic. And that's how you pass the test is you agree with it and then you amplify it. There's also reframes. There's ignoring. There's all kinds of things I teach. If you guys are interested, check out my podcast. But this is a fundamental principle of Women want a man who is high value, who can succeed in life. If she can push your button so easily, what's life going to do to you? So she's going to test you. Ew, why are you wearing this? Why do you do that? You just talk to all the girls, don't you? And I always say, I talk to all the girls. I even hit on my grandma last night. It was a little bit uncomfortable. And that's how you pass those tests. <laughs> you know, I've never, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but some of the, uh, the initial feedback, when I've, I've been shaving my head since mid nineties and it used to be rare. Like people were like, Oh, I could spy, they could find me anywhere in any crowd. It was great. Yeah, but when yeah. I first did it, um, strip clubs, girls would rub their breasts against my head and every other guy around, I'm like, I'm shaving my head. Fuck this. I'm shaving my head. <laughs> you know? So, Yeah, actually, you know, not to build you up too much there, Andy, but there's actually been studies shown that when most women are attracted to bald heads. Yeah. But now it's there's too many of us. It's too many of us. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's highly masculine. That's why. Are there any other uh, do's and don'ts for first dates that you uh, want to share? Yeah, you know, uh, do's, you want to you want to plan it. You want to, what I call prior preparation prevents poor performance. So I call it the five P's is your job as the man is to lead her to where she wants to be led. It's not her job to plan the date. You never want to ask her, well, what do you want to do now? You never want to ask her, are you having a good time? You want to plan it and execute and be confident in your decision. Take her to that good time. And I actually just dropped a podcast this morning about when women are bored on the date and they're checking their phone the whole time. And I say, brother, it's, it's mostly your fault because you need to bring the conversational topics. What do you talk about? Well, you tell stories. You ask her questions like, what would you do if you had $90 million? What was the best day of your life? What inspired you to want to become a veterinarian if she's a veterinarian? You tell stories about your own life. We have what we call gambits, which is things to talk about with women, psychological things. So I would say the biggest don't is don't look like you don't know what you're doing. Be decisive, lead her to where she wants to be led. And that includes you planning the date, executing it, 
Um, some don'ts is also to give her maybe endless compliments, especially if she's really attractive. She hears them all the time. What I would say, if she compliments you, you can compliment her back. Don't supplicate. Don't like laugh after what you say. Hey, so do you want edamame appetizer? <laughs> right. That's like insecure. Be like, Hey, how would you feel about having some edamame? You like edamame? Cool. Hey, can we get some edamame? Cool. Awesome. Like that. And, and when you lead in that way, it's the masculine role. Remember masculine leads, feminine follows. And that's why too, so many guys want women to approach them. I want to, I want just girls just flying at me. I'm like, really? You want to be in the feminine role where she approaches you? No, 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 no. It's your job to go approach her. And in the reprogramming, we, we make them think that way where they're like, I see a cute girl. I'm going to go talk to her. And I know what I'm going to say. I know I'm going to make her laugh. It's going to be a great energy exchange with her. She's going to feel better from having met me. And I'm going to leave her better than when I first met her. And that's charisma, leaving people better than when they, when they first met you. How has COVID impacted dating and, and your clients um, working through this program? Yeah, online dating has gotten really big. So I'm actually busier, Andy, than I have been uh, since before COVID, surprisingly, because guys are bored, women are bored, the online dating platforms. I think they reported, don't call me on this, I may be wrong, some other, one of my associates said it, um, like a 400% increase in the amount of women that were going on the online dating platforms. I also use COVID as a thing to talk about. When I approach women, one of the questions I ask is, so how's your COVID life going? Right? It's one of the questions I ask. So I'll stack and be able to talk about those things. Um, we don't have time to get into it now, but when, when I ask her what she does, I have a funny three-step method to bring her through that. When she asks me what I do, I have a funny three-step method to answer it. So COVID's actually been a help and it's easier this may sound slimy, so let me, re- let me try to phrase this in the most respectful way possible. It's easier to pull them to your house because everything's closed. What are you going to do? So we have methods to pull them back to your place quicker when she's comfortable. It's always on her comfort level. She's the barometer. You're leading her, but it's where it's, she wants to be led. So I'm not telling guys to just, oh, control the frame. Go kiss her whenever you want. No, no, no. It's when she's ready for it. You take her there. So COVID's been a benefit, frankly. A lot of guys use it as an excuse. But as Jocko says, all, ex- all your excuses are lies, Andy, right? So I, I just don't think it's, it's no problem. We're getting right past it. Is there anything top of mind that you wish more men knew? Mm. I, wish more men, I wish more men were appreciative of women because I see a lot what I call cynical superiority, mm. which is men who feel superior to women because they've been rejected by them their whole lives. And they've convinced themselves that women are crazy. They convince themselves that women are emotional and illogical. And it's absolutely not true. Men's responsibility is to understand female psychology, to understand how attraction works. So I wish more men knew female psychology 101, why they're attracted to this guy and they're not attracted to you. And in so doing, you better yourself because you realize oh, I am definitely not the best version of myself I could be. I am definitely running on programs that aren't conducive to attraction. So let me better myself so I can become good enough, so I can become attractive enough. You are good enough, just inherently attractive enough to get that high quality girl. I used to be super cynical about women. And I don't like that because I see it all the time in my clients. You know, the, the B word gets thrown around and I immediately, if a guy wants to work with me and he disrespects women, I don't take him on as a client. And if he's willing to work on it, I may, 
but it's that hatred of women that really saddens me because women are beautiful. They're amazing, amazing creatures. The femininity, that energy and that um, creativity and compassion that comes from it. If we could just understand women better, relationships would be better. There'd be left, less divorces. Men who don't get sex from their wives would completely stop because that's just a polarity thing, masculine and feminine. So that's something I wish they knew more about. And, you know, my podcast talks a lot about that. I'll hear a lot of just the angriest guys and it'll be like one bad relationship, like, like one, you know, bad breakup. You, you find your partner cheating and you decide all women just suck and I want nothing to do. And you, you knew you said you were there, like you wanted revenge and just you there. You, yeah. it, it's just horrible when we, you know, you have one experience and just condemn half the population of the planet. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that's where that's where I find is the big the big trap. And, you know, whatever happens to any of us, we got to realize, well, that was one instance with one person. And, uh, and, so and I mean, it's usually, it's usually our fault too. And the thing is, is that, um, you know, taking responsibility for your life is taking extreme ownership. What did I do to create this? Like when my girlfriend cheated on me, it was my fault a hundred percent because I did everything wrong when it came to attracting her, keeping her attracted to me, giving her that experience that she deserved to have. So God bless her. She cheated on me. It launched me into this whole life. You know, I'm glad it happened as, as is many calamities we have in life are often a blessing in disguise. But you know, if you're bitter at women now that you can certainly get over that. And it doesn't mean that you're doomed or relegated or a bad person. You just have wrong perspective and changing that is not only going to allow you to attract higher quality women who are more attractive and better for you, but it's going to make you feel better as a man and enjoy women. I love women. I mean, absolutely love them because I understand them and, and we fear what we don't understand. We hate what we don't understand. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. guys, this is your, this is your instinct is to go procreate and have a woman understand them, understand the game. What's the way to beat the game, master it. So that now you, you understand it and you can have control over not her, but over the result as it were. Do women ever ask to work with you? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And um, I'm not qualified to work with women. <laughs> I, you know, um, yeah, no, nah, I'm not interested. Uh, I'm not qualified to do that. But interestingly enough, I actually have a lot of moms of, of sons who have asked to work, who asked me to work with their sons. Mm. Will you please teach my son this? And I will. I, I, you know, if they're under 18, I typically won't work with them, but I give them a lot of free stuff. I like to, I believe that giving upfront gets you more in return. I believe wholeheartedly in the law of attraction. So I always hook people up if they, if they write me and they say, Hey, my son needs help. I'll give him programs and stuff like that. Because these young men coming up, man, they need podcasts like the real man field podcast, the unapologetic man podcast. It's important to understand both yourself as well as women, especially when you're trying to attract them. You know, we don't go, if you put me on the cricket field in India, I'm going to be the biggest jackass on the field. Cause I don't know the rules. I don't understand how to play it. So with the traction, once you understand the rules, you're like, Oh my God, I got the cheat codes. Now I can, I can do this. And, and attract women. It, it really does work that way. Mark, is there anything that you wish more women knew about men? I wish women knew how afraid and genuine most men are to approach them. And sometimes I wish women would be a little bit more compassionate towards a man who does a bad approach. 
I've seen and have experienced some pretty harsh rejections. Now I understand why they do it is because they've been approached all night long, but I talk to my girlfriends about it and I say, do you know how, how afraid men are to approach you? And they're like, no, I have no idea. I'm like, it is terrifying. And here's how, why it's terrifying. And I explain to them the anthropological reason for it. And I just, you know, it's hard to say as a blanket statement, peace, peace in the world, but I wish we just were more compassionate towards each other. Just like I wish men would not be cynically superior to women in some instances. I wish women would empathize more with the struggle that men have to just approach them and maybe be kinder in those instances when they're feeling impatient with men. Because I see a lot of trauma and it's part of what I do is I work with men on their traumas and post them by, by their parents, by women, by, by whatever. But a lot of guys have endured some pretty harsh rejections and it's, it's pretty sad. And I, I've had it happen myself. You know, I mean, while I understand it was my fault that she cheated on me, it, it still was a pretty nasty thing of her to do. So we all have work to do. And I wish women would uh, realize that. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to see the big traumas in life, the, uh, you know, the natural disaster, the terrorist attack, you live through those things, but it's, yeah. it's those little, every embarrassment, every rejection, all those little things that build up and it probably makes that mindset of like, I'm no good. Like I'll always get yep. rejected. I'm not going to, I'm yep. not going to risk this pain again. Um, yep. yeah. So everyone, you know, without looking for the big thing or just realize like, it's almost like it's part of being human to be traumatized at some point in your life. Yeah. Like, I don't know. how. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't met the person that's like gone grown up and has been come out clean. Yeah. Like nothing happened. Yeah. And it's almost a gift in a way, because without the trauma, we wouldn't want to fix ourselves. Right. So, you know, like you, and I'm actually curious to learn more about you, how you got into this realm, but I can only guess it came from great pain. It came from great, um, you know, suffering that wanted you to, to evolve past it. And I feel that's the point of suffering. The point of suffering is to be a juxtaposition, a springboard, a catalyst into self-development. Some of my best clients, some of the best people in the world started off as a disaster. As they say, every master was once a disaster. And I'm sure that's the case with you. I know it's the case with me times a thousand, but it's, it's those of us who have suffered the most. And some men listening right now are suffering to a high degree. You guys are the ones that are going to go so high in life. I, I really believe that. As far as you go down, that's how high you can go up. Yeah. If you're not willing to go down, like men that just think, oh, here's these two emotions I'm allowed, you know, yeah. angry and okay, and that's about it. But you know, yeah. if you let yourself feel more, you'll have that bigger range. You can experience more highs and more lows and just realize there's way more to life. So you, you've mentioned your podcast a few times. So uh, how long have you been doing The Unapologetic Man? So it's been about two and a half years now, and it's really, really taken off um, over the last like eight months. I do three episodes a week, and it's not just attracting women. It's also a lot of self-development stuff. You know, I talk about confidence, uh, perspectives on life. I'm really big on. It's really my favorite thing. How to reframe things and look at things. Uh, I talk a lot about the law of attraction. I'll do some episodes on money as well. So it's really self-development. That's what I'm most passionate about. And also lots of episodes about women and the, and the things that they do and how to use attraction building techniques. So it's been, you know, about that long. It's really taken off. Um, like you, I have a five out of five on iTunes and um, my listeners, I, I love those guys. Like I feel so much love for them and my clients. So it's been magical, man. It's kind of, and I think it's happening to you too. It feels like there's something more than just me doing it. Almost like spirit is a part of it. It's like being blown from behind on the, with the wind when you're riding your bike. 
it just, it keeps growing. It keeps manifesting. I have what I like to consider a cult following of really loyal listeners. So it's been, man, it's really changed my life for the better. It's been really positive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shocked. Like when, when I, be, so I recently had my fifth year anniversary of hosting Real Men Feel. And when I started, it was really a nudge from spirit. I'm like, why am I being, what? I don't want to, what the hell is this about? Why am I calling it this? The fuck am I yeah. doing with this? And so it was, yeah, really, yeah. and my goal was to do three before I quit. That was just my promise. Yeah. At least three episodes, then I can just stop this nonsense. But, nice. uh, but yeah. How many yeah. you got? How many episodes you at? Oh my God. Uh, I think you're like 228. Two, oh, really? Because I'm at two. Uh, I'm at two twelve coming up soon, so we're right about at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. I, we we do. Uh, this is a weekly show. Okay, I do mine three times a week. Yeah. So I do do three episodes a week, and yeah. finally, after two hundred twelve episodes, I'm finally feeling like I'm able to speak somewhat eloquently. I still need a lot of work, but you know, it takes a while, man. And anything you guys are doing who are listening, it takes time to master anything. And I certainly feel like I have a long way to go as a podcast host. So Mark, what's the best way for people to discover what you're up to? Yeah, I would, I would love for you guys to check out my show, um, the unapologetic man podcast. And if you can spell the word unapologetic, then you have every right to the gold that I drop on that show. I also do coaching, but I don't like to plug my coaching on other people's shows because I feel like they need to get me, get to know me first, feel like you and I are brothers in the trenches fighting shoulder to shoulder and if they feel that for me, you'll hear plenty of plugs in my own podcast about my coaching services. But check out my show first. Podcast is on uh, iTunes, Spotify. Again, it's the Unapologetic Man podcast. And I kind of look like a mad scientist. I'm like on the cover like this, all serious and stuff. So check it out. I'd love to have you. And uh, you guys have any questions, my email is, is right there on the podcast. Hit me up anytime. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Mark. It was a pleasure to get to know you and, and have my views on NLP shifted a bit. So I'm glad it could be used for good and empowerment. So that, that's yeah. fantastic. And visit realmenfield.org. Uh, check out the show notes for this episode. We'll have links to the podcast and links to Mark's secret site that he won't reveal to you. <laughs> but ways to catch up and follow and, uh, and learn more about what he's up to and, and check him out. Um, until next time, be good to yourself and step up and ask someone out right? Be good to yourself and to them. Be well. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Contact us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about author, coach, and healer Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would help us greatly if you gave a review wherever you are listening right now. Is your prostate waking you up more often than your alarm clock? The fact is, the older you get, the more likely you'll have prostate problems, which can affect your everyday life. That's where Prostate Complete by Real Health comes in. Prostate Complete is the result of 20 years of experience as a leader in men's health. The powerful formula in Prostate Complete supports natural prostate function and reduced urinary urges for a better quality of life. Available at Walmart. Visit ProstateOnePerDay.com for special offers. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.